Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Causey Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Causey, and I'm also the owner of Causey Consulting, which you can find online anytime at CauseyConsultingLLC.com. Today, I want to talk about the value and the power of knowing that you can survive. During my first iteration of self-employment, I had a lot of stubbornness and hard-headedness. As a result, I really painted myself into a corner emotionally, financially, psychologically. I made the tactical mistake of not having more than one revenue stream. And I also got hung up on feeling like everything had to happen one way and on one particular timeline. If it didn't, then everything was just doomed. (laughs) And as a result, it actually was doomed. I really, the exact scenario that I feared was the scenario that I created. Instead of being able to quickly make changes and move in a different direction, I just stayed stuck. It was like doing the same thing over and over and over again, like beating my head against a wall until it was bloody And instead of saying, okay, this is not a good exercise. I'm not happy. The business is not making the kind of money that it needs to make. I think I will move in a different direction. I think I will try some new tactics. I just dug in that much harder. I was still under this Western world idea that hard work solves all problems. So if you just keep working hard, if it's not, if working 10 hours a day is not enough, better make it 12. If that's not enough, better make it 14. That's not enough, better make it 16. I look back on it now and I just, you know, God, I put my head in my hand sometimes and I'm like, no wonder. (laughs) Knowing what I know now, it's really not a wonder that it all failed. But this topic came up in my mind because earlier today, I saw a post from one of my connections on LinkedIn about one of his connections that got banned from LinkedIn or at least had his account suspended And it's really like hamstringing his business. Now, I don't know anything about the person that got banned or suspended. I don't know anything about what happened or why. But it just simply got me to thinking like, okay, for one thing, it's important to have more than one revenue stream or more than one way of making money. I personally recommend having some kind of investment or some kind of system that you get going that will kick out passive revenue to you. You don't ever want to get to a point where you're like dependent on one particular thing, whether it's a spouse giving you money or whether it's a paycheck. You know, think about it this way. Entrepreneurs can paint themselves into a corner where they are living check to check, client to client in exactly the same way that an employee can live paycheck to paycheck and be up the creek without a paddle if their employer lays them off or their employer goes under. An entrepreneur can do that to themselves by living check to check and client to client and not thinking about ways to gin up more revenue. On a practical note, this person should not have allowed his business to get so dependent on LinkedIn that he would be financially crippled if anything ever happened to the platform. And I would say that about any social media platform that you're using. If it's the only way that you can drive in revenue, If anything ever happened to it, what would you do? From a mindset perspective, of course, it's important to know that if something negative happens to you, you can survive it. And we're going to get into that more here in just a minute. 
But from a tactical, practical point of view, do not put all of your eggs into one basket. Do not make yourself dependent on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or anything outside of your own control. Once you do that, it's almost like inviting abuse or inviting bad behavior to happen. When I see these business models that are predicated on one particular thing, it makes me cringe. It's like I have lived that before in my own life, and I know how bad it sucks when you put your heart and soul and all of your savings into something and it lets you down. But there's people out there, uh, use my system to get three to five qualified leads on LinkedIn every week, or use my ad agency to get all of your business through Facebook, use my patented system to get leads from Twitter. And it's like, okay, (laughs) if that is one arm or one facet of your business, but it's not the whole business, I can live with that. But if that's literally the only place where your income is coming from, What on earth are you thinking? If that platform ever went under, if they ever severely changed the rules of engagement, which by the way, I think is coming on a lot of platforms. I I think censorship is going to be the wave of the future more than free speech is. What on earth are you going to do? Like, please, I'm just sitting here like, you know, shaking my hands in the air. Like, do not put yourself in a position to where someone else has that much power and control over your revenue. To date, one of the most downloaded broadcasts that I've had on the podcast is the interview that I did with Scott Grayson of Strength and Reason, where we are talking about personal freedom, personal responsibility, controlling your income. You know, if you can control your income, you have a lot more control over your life. So I believe that there are people who are waking up to this. They're hungry for this message and they get it. They're tired of making a boss rich or trying to make their boss's 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 boss look good (laughs) or sell out to a board of directors and a bunch of shareholders. They're like, no, I I would rather do what these people are talking about and be able to control my income and control my life as opposed to being beholden to a company or a boss or a social media platform. On that note, I want to read a passage to you from Dr. Wayne Dyer's book, Your Erroneous Zones. If you don't have a copy of this book, I highly recommend that you go online and buy or download a copy of it. It's copyrighted from 1976, but the information he gives is honestly timeless. It's as relevant now as it was then. In chapter six, he talks about exploring the unknown. Only the insecure strive for security. So much value in that. In fact, it may be even more relevant now than it was then, thinking about the pandemic and the economic collapse and political turmoil and unrest. I mean, wow. So I want to read this to you. Try this little exercise. Suppose that right now, this second, as you are reading this book, someone swooped down on you, stripped you naked, and carted you off in a helicopter. No warning, no money, nothing but yourself. Supposing you were flown to the middle of red China, again, this was 1976, and dropped in a field. You would be up against new language, new habits, and new climate, and all you would have is yourself. Would you survive or collapse? Could you make friends, get food, shelter, and the like? Or would you simply lie there and moan about how unfortunate you were to have had this catastrophe visited on you? If you need external security, you'd perish, for all of your goods would have been taken away. But if you have internal security and are not afraid of the unknown, 
then you would survive. Security can then be redefined as the knowledge that you can handle anything, including having no external security. Don't be trapped by that kind of external security since it robs you of your ability to live and grow and fulfill yourself. Take a look at those people without external security, people who don't have it all mapped out. Perhaps they are way ahead of the game. At least they can try new things and avoid the trap of always having to stay with the safe. This passage piggybacks nicely onto an episode that I recorded recently called Fear of Change. If you view the unknown as a place of terror, turmoil, and scary possibilities, bad things are going to come flying out at you if you don't pre-plan every moment of your day. That's exactly the outcome that you will have. It's not going to push your boundaries or your comfort zone. It's not going to teach you that you're resilient, that no matter what happens, you can rebound from it and survive. It's going to keep you in a bubble. If you view the unknown as a place of excitement, of good things, of fun opportunities, of new people, new business deals, delicious abilities to try new things, then that's exactly what you will get. So you have to make the decision for yourself if you want to see the unknown as a terrible place of turmoil or a place of excitement and cool opportunities. When you're standing there on the precipice of change, or perhaps it's been foisted upon you, maybe you lost your job during the pandemic or you've been part of an industry that's just shriveling up and going away, and so you sort of got kicked off the ledge before you were really ready for it. When you're standing there in that place, it's scary and you worry, but you have to make the decision, am I ready to feel the fear and do it anyway? Am I ready to take personal responsibility so that I can have control over my income? I can have control over the way that I spend my day. I don't want to be chained to a desk. I don't want to be worried about trying to make everybody else look good or What if I make my boss mad one day and he just fires me on the spot? In order to break out of that kind of lifestyle, you are going to have to push your boundaries and you are going to have to face some new challenges that you weren't dealing with before. Now, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that everything you deal with every moment of every day is going to be a challenge. Frankly, if it feels like a power struggle or it feels like the metaphor that I love to use all the time, Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill only to have it roll back down again and feel like an exercise in futility, you're doing it wrong. There needs to be a sense of flow and a sense of rightness. And you'll feel it in your gut. You will know like, yes, this, this is exciting. I believe that I'm going to get a great outcome from it. So if, if it feels like you're constantly putting forth effort and you're not getting an ROI on it, that's a sign of trouble. There is a tremendous amount of power and freedom and value that comes from knowing that you can survive. I mean, to use Wayne Dyer's example, which is extreme, even if you were parachuted naked into a foreign land where you didn't know anybody and you didn't speak the language, you would know that you could survive that. If you had a revenue stream that dried up and went away, you would know that you could replace that. From a tactical perspective, it's easier to get that level of confidence built up and it's easier to know that you know that you know that you know you could survive if you have more than one revenue stream. 
In the same way that an employee can become dependent on a job and live paycheck to paycheck, an entrepreneur can become the, the same way. They can live check to check, client to client, and always be wondering, where is the next check coming from? Where is my next client coming from? And living in this very hand-to-mouth, Rob Peter to pay Paul type of lifestyle. In order to get out of that, A, build in more than one revenue stream. Do not be hard-headed about things. Pay attention to what's flowing in easily in your life and if you can monetize that. B, don't put all of your eggs in one basket and build an entire business around a platform that you ultimately have zero control over and no ability to predict. And C, make the decision for yourself what you want out of life. Not everybody is meant to be a business owner. Not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. These ideas or stereotypes that everybody would be a business owner or everybody would be a solopreneur. Nobody would want to have a boss if they didn't have to. Nobody would want to sit at a desk from nine to five if they didn't have to. That's not true. If you think about it and you decide that, you know, I really don't want to be a business owner. I would rather let somebody else make all these decisions. I just want to plug in from eight to five, Monday through Friday, and have my weekends off, be able to put in PTO, and I'm going to get paid for it. There's nothing wrong with that. You ultimately have to make the decision for yourself if entrepreneurship is the right pathway for you. Nobody else can do that for you. And likewise, nobody else can really talk you out of it either. If you've decided that self-employment is what you want out of life and somebody else is trying to like wrangle you into a nine to five job, it's going to feel very icky and it's not going to work out well for either one of you. If this is something that you've been struggling with and you'd like some help sorting it out, PM me on LinkedIn or on Facebook or shoot me an email through my website. Again, you can find it at causeyconsultingllc.com and we will definitely talk about it. If you found today's episode useful, please share it. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review for us on iTunes. Bye for now.